Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez. My guest today is Clayt Mask. Clayt, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Henry. Great to be here. And we're going to chat about how do you conquer the chaos, or at least begin to conquer the chaos in business. And we're going to chat about that with entrepreneur Clayt Mask. To receive more information about the How of Business, including the show notes page for this episode, and how you can continue supporting my show and receive exclusive content and discounts through a Patreon membership, just visit thehowofbusiness.com. Let me give you a little bit more about Clay. Clay Mask is the co-founder and CEO of Keep. Keep, which was formerly uh, called Infusionsoft. Keep is a sales and marketing automation software for small businesses, very small businesses, as we'll chat about. Clay's also a national speaker on entrepreneurship and small business success. And part of the reason I wanted to have him on is he's the co-author of the New York Times bestseller, Conquer the Chaos, How to Grow a Successful Small Business Without Going Crazy. Clayt lives in Gilbert, Arizona. So once again, Clayt Mask, welcome to the show. Thank you, Henry. Appreciate it. Gilbert is outside of Phoenix, right? Suburb of Phoenix. Is that right? That's right. You got it. So so the name Clayt is interesting. Is there an interesting story that comes with it? You know, it's a family name. I'm the third. Um, I, I'm, I'm told it was, at one point, it was just short for Clayton, but um, it just became Clayt, C-L-A-T-E, and and I'm I'm the third. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thanks for sharing that. Unique, unique name, great name. So I want to get into the journey, how you got to where you are today and doing the research. You, you went to university, studied economics, you got your MBA, you got your law degree, but as you shared yourself, I think it was on your LinkedIn page, it wasn't necessarily that you aspired to go work for a big law firm or a big consulting firm. Even back then, you knew that's what you did not want to do. Is that correct? <laughs> that's about right. I I knew that I wanted to be in business at some, you know, eventually. I thought I might do law for a short period of time, but I I love business so much. I just I've always been in business and um, grateful for that legal training. It was it was a a great disciplined, rigorous education. And I'm glad that I don't practice. <laughs> so did you know back then that you were, or did you have already had a business on the side? Um, I, I knew that I would do entrepreneurial things eventually. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd always been dabbling different things on the side. So, you know, I did the MBA because I, I felt like that's eventually where I was going to be and mm. ended up being a lot faster than I thought. Yeah, I can see certainly where the the legal knowledge comes into play. Do you think the MBA has been valuable for you as a business owner? It has. You know, um, I do think it's been va valuable building the company the way we've done it. I don't think it's as necessary for most entrepreneurs, um, but I think it has been helpful for what we've done. So tell me briefly what what leads then to founding initially Infusionsoft and now you've rebranded it to Keep. What what leads to starting that business? Yeah, uh, when I was in graduate school, I started working for a software company, and this is really where the the divergence from the legal path began. I I was I was in my fourth year of graduate school, and I was having a blast working with this little this little dot com business and. 
and was thinking, you know, this is a lot of fun. I don't think I want to go, go practice law right out of school. And so I accepted an offer with them. Uh, they got acquired by about.com. If you remember that mm -hmm. company and I was there for a few years and just loved software. Just, I, I loved the fast pace of it, the challenge of it, building the future. It was just a ton of fun. And, and so that's where my small business passion started to converge with technology and software. It was at that company. And after a few years there, I joined with my wife's two younger brothers who had started a software company down in Arizona, where we're from. We moved back to Arizona. I joined up with them and the rest is history. So are they still involved with you in the business? Yes, they are. How do you manage that dynamic? Because that can be tricky. I've done business with family members and it's gone well and it's gone not so well, but how, how do you manage that? Yeah, it is tricky at times. And I think we've done well at times and not so well at times, just like you said, it's, you know, it's not all or nothing with an individual There's a relationship there. And we, we work together and, uh, you know, at times what, just like any other employee or coworker, when, when the person is really in their groove doing what they do best, um, everybody's happiest and, and when they're not, it can be challenging. And so there've been times where, um, my co-founders and I weren't quite in the right role, you know, things weren't quite right. And, and it causes some, some challenge for our relationship and for others, probably more, more problematically, but generally we just work at it. You know, we, we've, uh, we take a low ego approach and just all for the good of the business and the company and what we're trying to build. And they're both, uh, on the software side of things and very much one's very much, a you know, one of our key engineers and the other is um, very important, our product management. And so they are right now in their groove doing what they do best and I'm loving it and they are too. And so are coworkers. And that's what I've found that is critical, as you put it, being in their groove, that the people are clear on what their roles and responsibilities are. Uh, that tends to help. Do you have any particular rules? Like some, I've heard some people say, we absolutely do not discuss business when we're outside of work. Is that, do you guys do that or does it all get mixed together? You know, it, it, it different times we've done it differently. There are seasons where, you know, it's pretty intense at work and it's best not to talk outside of work. Um, there are other times where, you know, we'll get together and there's, you know, and we'll have conversations about work. I think the rules we we've tried to follow are generally speaking, it's best for everybody if, we don't have reporting lines to each other, you know, mm -hmm. not, not having a family member directly report to another family member, even if the two people involved in the reporting relationship can work through that effectively, it's almost impossible for the human beings around that relationship to function effectively. There's just yeah. some dysfunction that comes into play when that occurs. And so we do our best not to have direct reporting relationships of family members for that reason. Yeah, that makes sense. Thanks for sharing that. So you've been a business owner for some time. What would you say if you summarized it that it provides you being your own boss, being an entrepreneur? What does it do for you? Constant growth and challenge to get better. And is that that's your was that your personality since you can remember that that's something you aspired to? Yes, I've always been kind of uh a junkie for personal development, self-improvement, just constantly trying to get better as a, as a husband, father, um, CEO, entrepreneur, you name it. I just want to get better. And 
to me, entrepreneurship affords a really unique opportunity because you've got to really look in the mirror and, and, and you can't run away from certain issues. You've, you've, you're in a, a situation where you own the results and if they're, if the results aren't what you want, there's, there's nobody else to blame. And, you know, on the other hand, you own the results. And when those results are what you, what you like, there's a whole bunch of people that help make that happen. And it's a, it's a lot of fun, but I think, you know, the succinct answer for me about why I love entrepreneurship so much is it's just an amazing lab for self-improvement. Well said, and it's inspirational. And and I think that that point about accountability and responsibility is so true. I find that even as people become business owners, the people who point fingers less about, well, it was the economy or was this, or it was the government or whatever, that those people tend to have more success if you're accountable. Yeah, things happen Absolutely. to us, but but we have to take ultimate responsibility, don't we? Absolutely. That's it. All right. So you wrote this book, Conquer the Chaos, How to Grow a Successful Small Business Without Going Crazy. Uh, at a high level, why did you write it and who ideally is it for? Yeah. Uh, I wrote it because a lot of people were asking for advice and um, my co-founder and I were were constantly getting questions and you know we just thought, we just need to write it, write this out. We're saying the same things over and over and over. And, and so it just made sense to write a book. Um, and who it's for is uh, entrepreneurs, especially those have who have started a business, but also for those who are thinking about it. You know, we're pretty pretty open and transparent about the challenges that you face mentally, emotionally, physically, as well as um, the normal business challenges we think of. But it's a very, as you know, it, it's such a personal um, quest that you're on when you when you start a business, and the 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 odds that you're up against are are almost insurmountable. Let's be honest. I mean, that's the reality. They're very difficult odds. And if you're not up to it from an emotional standpoint, a mental standpoint with the right support system around you, um, not, not to mention having, you know, actual a little bit of capital to help you through the challenges you're going to face. Um, it's a, it's a really tough road. And I, you know, I, I hate to see uh, entrepreneurs fail at their, at their, at their endeavor, you know, the, the, the great ones will just move on to the next one. But many times people have an entrepreneurial desire and they give it a go. And when it doesn't work, it just shuts them down. They lose yeah. a lot of times they lose their relationships, their health and, and worst of all, their, their quest to go create something. And I think that's a, a total shame because entrepreneurs create amazing solutions to real problems every day. And we need people successful in entrepreneurship. Yeah, a lot there to unpack that, that we'll we'll try to here in the time that we have. But uh, the point that you're making as well, it seems to me, is we'll talk more about the chaos inside of a business, but you're speaking to the chaos that it can create in our lives as well, right? Not yes. just personally, but in our family, our friends, all of those dynamics. Because as I've always looked at it, we have to, as certainly initially, make certain sacrifices of time that need to be allocated to our business. But if we're not careful, that can create a chaotic environment for us is what you're speaking to here. Is that right? That's exactly right. We get out of balance and, you know, we can have all kinds of debates about whether balance is real or you know, whether you can ever achieve it. But what you just said is what I see all the time with entrepreneurs, myself included. We make certain sacrifices. Sometimes we're not as intentional about them as we ought to be. And we end up continuing those sacrifices. And there's there is sacrifice to be made. There's, you know, but, but sometimes we just go too far and we burn out relationships, health, uh, 
finances, you know, all, all kinds of things happen because of the amount of sacrifice that's demanded of the business sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in, in a lot of ways, we're led to believe, I think, that, that that's the way you do it. That's what you have to do. You have to put mm-hmm. all in. You have to sacrifice all. Uh, but that's not entirely true. And, and you found a different way. In the early days of building your business, was it chaotic? Yes, definitely was. Those first two or three years were, it was a white knuckle roller coaster. You know, they were definitely challenging. It's part of the reason why we have so much passion for sharing this because we experienced it. And you said it, it's not just the chaos inside of the business. It's the chaos in your life. And those, the business in your life become, you know, <laughs> inextricably uh, connected. They're, Absolutely. They're very, very intertwined. Yeah. When it becomes our identity as well. Yes. In, in your observation, and of course you went through it yourself, why, what are some of the reasons at a high level that you think businesses become, and, and in a lot of cases, remain chaotic environments? Mm, boy, that's a, that is a fantastic question. And I'm going to try to be succinct because we could talk for a long time about this one. Sure. What I've learned about entrepreneurship is that it's our ego that drives this. And we have a lot of ambition. Most entrepreneurs are very achievement oriented, but that ego also has a fearful side about what we might lose and what might, you know, what we might uh, have to stare in the mirror if we're not good enough or capable enough to to accomplish our goals. And so I I believe the source of it all is actually ego, born out of fear and out of pride to look a certain way. And those two things. I believe are the are what cause so many entrepreneurs to sacrifice too much, either out of fear or out of a desire to show a certain thing, or it causes them to once they're achieving it to to be addicted to it, frankly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that you know that has a, on the surface it has all the all of the appearance and trappings of success, but what ends up happening is people get burned out the entrepreneur, the people around them. And, um, it's a, it's a, it's a short-term success that ends up causing big challenges. Yeah. Very interesting. If I'm following you right though, and that part of the ego, is it also that I, and this is part of what we're fed, right? We're fed in the, in the publications and the books and the press that we all need to be the next Elon Musk or, you know, the big outliers. And so it's never enough. So we got to keep growing, you know, what, at whatever cost we got to keep growing and it continues to feed our ego. Look at how big my company is. Look at how successful we are. Is that part of right. what you're talking about there? Yeah, that, that is, that, that's a part of it. And while I do believe it, that we need to keep growing because if companies aren't growing, inflation, competition, and lifestyle are all saying that we're actually going backwards. So I am mm-hmm. a big believer in keep growing. In fact, it's, it's what our business is named for, to right. you know, the grit of entrepreneurship. But there's an unbridled ambition that causes problems, and that you're you're touching right on it. And so, you know, that's that's part of the problem is what goes on inside of the entrepreneur's mind and in their heart. And then you you asked the question, and it was a fantastic deep question. You know, why why do we get into that chaos? The other side of it is inside of the business, we don't set up systems and processes and automation. And so it becomes a very manual hamster wheel. And yeah. those are the those are the two sides of it. You got the ego side for the entrepreneur, and then you've got a lack of systems uh, that that's that cause the business to be very inefficient and chaotic. The other part of this that I'm sure you observed, Clayton, would want your thoughts on is that because it becomes it's related to the ego, becomes our identity, 
sometimes we hide behind that chaos. In other words, the chaos in part fuels that I'm the firefighter in chief. Look yes. at how everybody has to come to me to answer the questions and solve the problems. And we feed on that, don't we? That's right. Our our value starts to become about that. And um, I, I've seen it in myself and on, you know, entrepreneurs all over the world. This is, this is, it's a, it's a really tricky trap that we can fall into. This is Henry Lopez briefly pausing this episode to invite you to schedule a free coaching consultation with me. I welcome the opportunity to chat with you about your business plans and offer the guidance and accountability that we all need to achieve success. As an experienced small business owner myself, I understand the challenges you're experiencing, and often it's about helping you ask the right questions to help you make progress towards achieving your goals. Whether it's getting started with your first business or growing and maybe exiting your existing small business, I can help you get there. To find out more about my business coaching services and to schedule your free coaching consultation, please visit thehowofbusiness.com. Take that next step today towards finally realizing your business ownership dreams. I look forward to speaking with you soon. All right, I want to touch on a couple of points. You recently released some results. I don't know how recent it is, but this report, the Keep Small Business Growth Trends Report, and a couple of things that you've highlighted in there that are very telling. You said the challenges that small business owners have identified, 51% of the respondents said, top marketing challenge is finding qualified prospects, right? So yep. we hear it all the time. Don't have enough leads, yep. don't have enough qualified leads. And then 48% was time to get everything done. Those things are, those are two things that fuel the chaos. Certainly don't they? That's right. Those are, if you, if you can, if you can systematically get lead collection and follow-up in place in your business, it is a total game changer because it touches on those two problems, generating quality leads and then having the time to actually properly follow up with those leads, solve that problem of, of uh, attracting qualified leads and following up with them in an automated way. And it we, we see it over and over and over for our customers. It's not only a game changer in their business, it's a life changer for them because their, their, their concern and fear about having enough customers is, is addressed and they can operate differently. So if we dive into that, not tracking the lack of follow-up then that a, that a, not having a system leads to, those are a couple of common mistakes. Is there, are there other things that you observe? Obviously, you know this space very well that small business owners you see are making as it relates to managing sales and marketing. Yeah. Um, another big one, and it's it's reflected in that that 51% that say the biggest problem is leads, Um most small businesses neglect the opportunity to thrill and delight their customers and grow the business from the customer side versus the prospect side of things. So we, we refer to that as creating fans. Most people think, you know, they're in the business. They're like, I got to get leads and get sales. Yes. But what if you thought of it differently and said, the purpose of getting a sale is to create a lifelong fan. Mm. And, and then you put energy on the side of, creating fans out of your new customers that has far more profitability and be, you know, for lots of different reasons. And it's frankly, a lot of fun for business owners, but most of the time they, that side of the business is neglected um, because there's so much concern about getting more customers. 
And also I might have all the intentions in the world that might be my goal, but if I don't have, you know, what generally is referred to as some kind of customer relationship management system, a CRM of some type, and there are other components, if I don't have that to automate the process, there's no way to execute effectively in my experience on doing that. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. People, you said it perfectly that people, I, I say, I make that statement and every business owner out there says, are you kidding? I want to, that's what I want to do. I want to spend mm -hmm. more time with my clients, my customers. I love them. It's personal. And yet there's not, a, there aren't enough hours in the day to accomplish everything they need to. And so that gets neglected. And when you systematize it, you know, you put it, you put a, a process and a system in place and, you know, CRM, customer relationship management, and you, you automate that. Uh, you can nurture those customers in a way that brings great joy to you and and great utility and 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 value to the customer, which translates into revenue and profit for the business. Thanks for sharing that. All right, at a high level in the book, you break it down kind of into two sections, uh, other sections as well. But you talk about let's start with this one: mindset strategies and achieving balance. This is all related to controlling this chaos, but. So would you introduce what you mean by mindset strategies and achieving balance? Yeah, you bet. I, I touched on it briefly. What we've what we've learned, you know, 20 years of working with entrepreneurs, working very closely with tens of thousands and speaking to hundreds of thousands at this point. Um the the game is in the head. You know, when when the entrepreneur is constantly worrying about is this going to work? Am I gonna make this? You 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 can't make it work. And there's a very interesting thing if you look at the successful entrepreneurs, at some point they realize and they know we're going to be successful. And what what you find when you really work with, with people is that that gray area of are we going to be successful or are we not going to be successful, that period of time we're in that gray area can be dramatically shortened by resolving in your mind that despite what your friends and mom and neighbors and customers and employees say, we will be successful. Um, Jim Collins refers to this as the Stockdale paradox. Mm -hmm. It's confronting the brutal facts that are around us while maintaining an undying belief that we will be successful. And and the when you apply that to an entrepreneurial mindset, what I'm referring to in Conquer the Chaos is you've got to quiet all that noise in your mind about whether you're going to be successful. Stop it. You're going to be successful. Now, face the brutal facts that th those facts, which when you tackle them, will actually propel your success faster. That's the name of the game, not constantly biting your nails and wondering and worrying, are we going to make it? That's not going to serve the entrepreneur. So that's what I mean by the mindset. It starts, it starts with that mentality. And then there's an emotional capital that's required to deal with all the challenges that come your way emotionally. Um, and then there's what we've re referred to as entrepreneurial independence, which is kind of the sweet spot in between um, arrogance and ignorance and, and understanding that there's there's a, a place in the middle there where you don't need to disregard what everybody says, but you also don't need to take on what everybody's telling you. There's a, There's an entrepreneurial independence that when we see entrepreneurs find that mindset and the emotional capital and the the entrepreneurial independence they're able to create a balance as they work on their business and and not be just sort of you know running ragged which unfortunately is what happens to most entrepreneurs particularly in their first few years 
you have found that in environments where the leader or the leaders are indecisive or lack lack courage or confidence, uh, uh, have a hard time with decision making, that leads to chaos. Yes, you said it. Well said. All right. The second uh, kind of grouping of thoughts uh, in the book is about systems, strategies, and controlling speed. So introduce that if you would, please. Yeah, you bet. Um, this is where, you know, the the first, the mindset side is about getting the balance. Um, but the systems are really going to dictate how fast you can go without just going crazy, without the, the wheels coming off. And, and, and by the way, um, I, I think you know this very uh, all too well. Uh, if you've been in entrepreneurship for a long time, these things ebb and flow. They go through stages. You know, you you don't. One of the things I love about entrepreneurship is there's there's never any golden destination at which you arrive and suddenly everything is wonderful and amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you you have that for maybe seasons, and then you're right. moving into you know you plateau and you move into the next. You know, you move into the next thing, and so. Um, I say this, I make this point about the speed as well as the balance, understanding hopefully the audience recognizes that this is part of why entrepreneurship is so amazing because you get to work on this constantly and through the different phases of growth of your business. But the speed aspect is about systems. And, and so what happens when businesses are small is they, they, they need to get everything organized and in one place. Um, all of their customer information, all of their um, prospect information leads because when we have it on sticky notes and on papers and in our phones and on in Outlook or or in Gmail or maybe there's some stuff in QuickBooks when you have it in a bunch of different places, you are very challenged to try to get your your customer relationships built in a systematic way. Right, and so it all starts with getting things centralized and organized. And that's the, that's the first part of systems. And then it turns into, okay, now how do we follow up efficiently and effectively? Because, because follow-up is where the real, um, the real fortunes lie. We say all the time, the fortunes in the follow-up. And if, mm-hmm. you're, if businesses follow up effectively, they grow and do so in a profitable way. And then the last piece is automating in particular that follow-up, but automating as much as possible. So the systems are about organizing follow-up and automating so that you can run run the business without going crazy. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks for explaining that. So implementing a CRM system is the most exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to do it, said no salesperson ever <laughs> that I've met, right? Right. What what have you found? Because where I struggle with this sometimes is helping my clients and helping when I've had teams, helping them at least begin to convince a salesperson as to why this is going to be good for them. But what do you usually say to that person? Well, let me say, first of all, we've found that it's best to implement it from the marketing side first and do the marketing automation because it leads into why that's beneficial for the salesperson. Mm -hmm. So if you start with the salesperson, salespeople want to talk to hot qualified leads, right? Marketing automation produces hot qualified leads the instead of just generating a lead and sending it over to the sales rep there's a nurturing and an education that's happening automatically through the marketing automation that then produces a qualified lead for the sales rep so to your question which is a great question how do you t- you know how do you tell a salesperson this is going to be a good thing for you to to adopt 
you show them upstream what happened by adopting CRM and marketing automation, which is now producing a more qualified lead. And then you help them see that downstream for our customer who's going to begin with the company after you sell them, that customer is going to have a much better successful journey if, with, with the company if you have been able to um, build that relationship through the sales process and hand off a new customer to our customer success team in a more effective way. So if you are in a three-person company, you have someone that maybe is doing the marketing, someone who's maybe doing sales and handling the customer success. Sometimes it's the same person and it becomes right. very easy for them to understand the benefits. Yeah. But let's take the scenario where you've got one person in marketing, one person in sales, and one person in customer success. That salesperson can look upstream and recognize the benefits. And if they really care about the the customer, they can look downstream and recognize that the customer is better positioned for success. And if that doesn't work, you can help them see that their commissions might get clawed back. If they don't handle it well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no choice. No, but that's a great, that's a great approach. And I, I get that. And that, that leads to them understanding that this is why we invest in this system and getting it all in there, because that's what produces a more qualified lead for you, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I love that approach. Thanks for that. Yeah, if you can um, get them to see that it's all about the customer and the customer's mm -hmm. success from before the the buy through the purchase process and afterward, then then the company's got an opportunity to execute a great customer relationship management strategy. All right, we we've touched on it, but give me the the brief uh, summary of what Keep offers. Yeah, we you know we see how challenging it is for small businesses to grow, and we know that if they follow up more effectively, they will grow. So our product. And our solution really, which combines our software strategy and as well as the service and support is sales and marketing automation to help small businesses follow up effectively and grow. It includes CRM, marketing automation, sales automation, um, and it's all about helping helping customers to efficiently grow their business without going crazy in the process. And the website is keep.com, K-E-A-P.com, correct? That's right. All right. The book that we've been referring to again is called uh, or entitled rather Conquer the Chaos, How to Grow a Small, How to Grow a Successful Small Business Without Going Crazy. Uh, I'll have a link to that book on the show notes page for this episode. Is there another book that comes to mind, Clayt, that you would recommend? Yeah. You know, in, in small business, I, I love the E-Myth. Uh, it's been one, it's about systematizing. It reinforces what I'm talking about here, but um, the entrepreneurial myth. It's a great one. And and Michael Gerber is a good friend of mine. Excellent. Yeah. That's a great recommendation. I think it's a must read for not only aspiring business owners, but even existing business owners. Yes. All right. What's one thing that you want us to take away from this conversation about conquering the chaos in our small businesses? It's that when things really get you know, you, there's just not enough hours in the day. What slips is the follow-up with prospects and customers. And that's what stagnates the growth for small businesses. And so if we can get, if you can get the follow-up going and then ideally get it going in an automated way, it is a total game changer for small business. We see it all the time. The ones who don't do it and we're just like, come on, if you just do this. And then the ones who do it and it completely changes the game for them. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting you know follow up is such a complex topic. So just to follow up on the follow up, yeah, you know, often the way that we look at follow up is that salesperson following up with a phone call or an email or a text. But what you're talking about is in addition to that, or to complement that, to automate some of that follow up, 
uh, and make that part of the process, correct? That's right. It's all across the customer lifecycle. We, we refer to this as lifecycle automation. We say the fortunes in the follow-up from lead to client to rating fan, your customer goes through a journey and you want to automate that journey as much as possible. And so you're, you're dead on, Henry. It's not just following up in sales, although that's critical, sure. but it's following up from the first point you have that interaction all the way through to the point that the client uh, leaves or, um, or or dies, right? You want yeah. to, you want no to have mas. them with yeah. you for life. Right. And I think that it's amazing to me how many clients, uh, small business owners I talk to that do nothing in the way of follow-up after they've signed the client or sold them something. And then they just go silent. They don't do any further communication. What a lost opportunity that is. It's such a lost opportunity because you don't have any of the customer acquisition costs. The referrals and repeat business that come from fans is where the vast majority of a business's profit comes from. Uh, um, And so when you're not following up effectively with your clients, you're missing a huge opportunity for profit. And you're kind of running on a hamster wheel, just trying to get revenue, revenue, revenue. But it's very difficult to actually grow in a profitable way. And that's why there's so many entrepreneurs who they might have three, four, five, 10 people, but they're not making as much money as they were when they were smaller or they wish they were given how much revenue they have because it's not operating profitably frequently because they're not following up with their clients and making them raving fans. Yeah. Well said. All right. Tell us again where you want us to go online to learn more. Yeah, it's keep.com, K-E-A-P.com, as in keep going, keep serving, keep growing. The the grid of entrepreneurs is what we're all about. And uh, keep.com is where they can learn more. Excellent. Clayt, thanks for taking the time to chat with me today, sharing the knowledge and uh, uh, talking about the, the book that you've put out, Conquer the Chaos, How to Grow a Successful Small Business Without Going Crazy. Thanks for being with me today. Thanks so much, Henry. This has been a lot of fun. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for joining me on this episode of The How of Business. My guest today, again, was Clayt Mask. I release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts, including at my website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.